Hey everyone, welcome to Northridge Church Online. We're so glad you joined us here today. I want you to know whether this is your hundredth time or this is your first time. You've never been here before, checked us out online, and you're just engaging. Maybe somebody shared it with you. No matter what it is, no matter where you are with God, this church, this place is a safe place for you. If you've been walking with God for a long time, maybe you are brand new in your faith, Maybe you're not even sure if you believe in God, believe in Jesus or the Bible or any of that yet. No matter where you are on that spectrum, we're just glad that you're here. Thank you for being here, and we look forward to the questions that you have. So we uh, have choices to make every day, don't we? A hundred choices, a thousand choices, maybe even ten thousand choices. We have choices to make every day. Sometimes they're big choices, big decisions. Sometimes they're small little decisions. Sometimes they have huge impact, sometimes small impact. For example, if you were an engineer or an architect and you were designing a building and and figuring out where a door should go, maybe was this where you would put it? Something like this? I think that's a great idea, putting a door 20 feet in the air in the middle of the wall with nothing else around it. It's a great idea. Good choice. I hope nobody comes out that door from the inside, let me just say. Or maybe you need to go pick up some medicine. How many of you would choose to do it in this way? <laughs> I can just see the person, you know, after the fact saying, well, it said drive through Or maybe you're one of those that you're in charge of organizing the store and you, you get to choose whatever's going to go into the back to school area of the store. I think that this is a great item to put in there. I can just see a kindergartner coming back and saying, Mom, look, I got a kitchen knife for back to school. Great ideas. The truth is, though, we have choices every day. So we're in this series called The Paradox, Going Against the Grain. These principles that at first glance, they seem like maybe they don't work or they don't fit, or they seem to have two parts that are at odds with each other. But when you look closer, you realize... They're very powerful, and they're very true. Today, we're going to talk about the paradox of choice. The paradox of choice. So, let's go to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. In the very first words, the very first couple of chapters, we find that God gives you and I, gives all humanity, the option to choose. So, God creates everything. He puts this perfect garden into place, and then he creates the first man, Adam, and the first woman, Eve. And when he does this, he then gives them some instructions. I want to read those instructions to you. It's found in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. This is what God says to the first man and the first woman. He says, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you will surely die. Now, you guys know we've kind of tackled this concept a few times before at Northridge, but my question is, why did God put that one tree there? He could have said, you can eat any fruit from any tree, and then we're done. Why did he put one tree in the garden that they could not eat from, that was going to kill them? Well, the reason was because God was giving Adam and Eve, he's giving you and I, all of humanity, a choice. He's giving us the option to choose. 
the freedom to make decisions on our life. What we're going to do with our life. How our life's going to go. The path we're going to take. Because if God doesn't do this, Adam and Eve are forced to submit to God. They're forced to love God. To serve God. But with this tree, they have an option. And so God does the same for you and I. He gives us the option, the freedom of choice. The freedom to choose. Now, as you already know, you probably figured this is where we're going. The problem with this choice freedom, this freedom to choose and make decisions, is that sometimes, me included, we choose wisely. And at other times in our life, like those pictures that I showed a few moments ago, we chose poorly. We, we, just, we just do. We choose, we make decisions that are not maybe best for us. And this presents us with the paradox, the paradox of choice. That the more freedom we have, the more responsible we have to be. The more freedom we have, the more boundaries, healthy boundaries, we have to put in place for ourselves. It doesn't seem to go together that we have more freedom, but we need to put healthy boundaries into place. That when we have this freedom, that we have to actually restrict ourselves. It doesn't seem to line up because a lot of people, their definition of freedom is, freedom is I get to do whatever I want. The problem is, if we decide that freedom is choosing to do whatever we want, whenever we want, with no worry about how that's going to affect us, we're not going to realize the other side of the paradox of choice, of freedom. That sometimes when we choose, we're also going to bring whatever that choice brings in with it. We have consequences. For example, I can choose, I have the freedom to choose to stick my hand into a hot campfire. I have the freedom to choose that, right? I, I have that, that choice that I could make. The problem is, I don't get to choose the consequences for that choice, for that action. I can put my hand in, I have that freedom, but I don't get to choose what happens as a result of that. The consequences are made for me. So by using my freedom to try to gain more freedom, if I choose poorly, I actually lose freedom. I lose the use of my hand in a correct way. I lose the freedom from pain. It's going to create pain in my life, isn't it? I lose time. I lose energy. I even lose money in order to repair the damage that I've done because of my choice. Now, this is obviously not something that we love to hear. For example, probably most of us have heard this phrase, you reap what you sow. How many of you have heard that? I'm sure you probably have. Most of us have. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you like hearing that? No, we don't, we don't like to hear that, especially when it's talking about our own life. Sometimes when we look at other people's lives, we're like, oh yeah, you reap what you sow. We kind of like to throw it in other people's face. We use it as kind of a judgment factor. But the truth is, we reap what we sow. Now, what is that talking about? It's talking about farming, of course. It's using farming as an illustration, that you reap what you sow. Now, farming, in terms of this concept, you reap what you sow, is a very simple concept. Now, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying farming is simple. Farming is not easy. <laughs> I have many friends who are currently in farming or many friends who lived or grew up in a life, uh, you know, a farm life. 
And I can tell you, and those of you that are in farming, you know, there is nothing easy about farming. But when it comes to the concept of you reap what you sow, it's very simple. It's a simple concept. You get in what you put in. You, you, you get what you put in. You, you harvest what you planted. You get what you sow earlier on. So for example, a farmer has the freedom to choose whether or not he or she, what, what, you know, what they want to plant, right? We can plant corn, we can plant, you know, pumpkins, we can plant wheat, we can, the farmer has the choice to choose what he or she wants to plant. The farmer also has the choice of whether or not they're going to plant, right? They have a choice of whether or not they're going to plant anything at all, or whether or not they're going to be a farmer. But let me tell you the other side of that coin. The farmer cannot plant what he or she wants to get out of what they plant. So let's say, for example, a farmer plants at the beginning of the season corn. They plant seed for corn. They can't hope in a few months to harvest watermelon. That would be silly, right? Okay, we planted corn, but I'm hoping to get watermelon. They can't do that. They can't choose based on their choice to get what they want. They have to make that choice up front. A farmer could also choose at the beginning of the season to just take several months off. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to plant. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch Netflix for several months. I'm going to take off and I'm going to go to the Caribbean or go on a cruise or whatever the case is. And then that farmer comes back in a few months and decides they're going to reap this incredibly great harvest, this bountiful harvest. It's not going to happen, is it? In fact, there's not going to be anything in the field except weeds. Why? Because we know that this is true. We reap what we sow. So with the freedom of choice also comes consequences, the things that result from our choices. Let me try to illustrate this a little bit further. So we've been using this book called 12 Paradoxes of the Gospel. It was written by a guy named Cameron Taylor. So Taylor illustrates this power of choice, the influence that we have on our own life and on the life of others around us in a very powerful way from his own life. So Cameron Taylor was one day speaking in a prison. He was at a prison and he was speaking to a bunch of inmates in that prison. And so he asked for a volunteer for one of the inmates to stand and share his dream for his life, you know, what his dream life would be. And so, as you might imagine, they were reluctant to do so, but finally one inmate stood up and he decided to share his dream. And so he, de- he described his dream life in great detail, and he talked about a successful career. He talked about having a, a place to live, a home of some kind, a nice one. And he talked about having a family, a family that, that was in unity together and loved each other. And he described this this incredibly vivid, very powerful, amazing dream. And and after he was done, Taylor said, well, that sounds like an amazing life, a a great dream. And then Taylor turned the corner and he said, so I want to see if I can ask you this question. Would you be willing to tell us why you're in prison? And the inmate shared and he said, well, it's because I involved my life with illegal drugs. And Taylor had a very powerful follow-up question that. He said, Did that choice to involve your life with drugs bring you closer or take you in steps closer to your dream or did it pull you further away from your dream? 
very powerful moment. But this is how the inmate answered that question. And it shocked Cameron Taylor, and it probably would shock a lot of us. The inmate explained, and he said, well, I don't have to choose. I, I can have both. I can have this life of illegal drugs and the dream that I want. Taylor realized he had a great opportunity to teach a very powerful lesson. And so Taylor jumped back in and he asked that same inmate this question. He said, so let me ask you this. What if you were to take your bare hand and place it on a hot stove? What would happen? And the inmate said, very obviously, my hand would get burned. And then Cameron Taylor said, well, but what if you decided that you didn't want to get burned? What if you made that choice for yourself, that you did not want to get burned when you put your hand on the hot stove? He said, could you make that choice? Is that a possibility for you that you can put your hand on the stove and choose not to get burned? And the inmate, of course, said, well, no, that's not possible. And Taylor then made that link to the statement that he just made before. He said, neither can you do this and have this. You can choose this, but then you'll have the consequences of that same choice. Now, what happened was Taylor continued to teach all these principles and the rest of the inmates the power that they had, what freedom of choice really meant in their life and how to use it. And he taught, he brought in the laws of God and how the laws of God are uniform for every person and that we need to learn how to use them and to follow them. And then at the end of the, the, the teaching in the prison, Cameron Taylor got to the, to the end and he decided to end this way. He, he looked at that same inmate who had shared his dream before and who was really leaning in and listening to all these things. And he asked the inmate, he said, would you just do me a favor? Would you get on top of the table that you're sitting at? And so the inmate said, sure. And so he climbed on top and stood on top of the table. And then Cameron Taylor went, Taylor went over to the table that he was at, up at the front of the room where he was teaching, and he climbed on top of that table. And he said to the inmate, so I'm going to count to three, and then I want both of us to jump off the table at the same time. And so Taylor started counting. He said, one, two, three. And the inmate and Cameron Taylor jumped off the tables at the same time. And then he said this, he said, did you notice that when we jumped off the table, the law of gravity worked the same for both of us. We both came back to the floor. He said, the same is true in all of our lives. The laws of God are all there. The choice is up to us of whether or not to believe in them, to trust them, and to follow them. They work the same for everyone. Well, Cameron Taylor left that day, and then let's fast forward many, many years later. Taylor was at a Chamber of Commerce event, a business event in that same community. And he looked over, and it was to his amazement, he saw that former inmate that they had had that conversation in front of everybody else that day in the prison. He saw that inmate, and the inmate saw him. And so the inmate started to approach Cameron Taylor, and he started this way. He said, I just wanted to let you know and say thank you for delivering that message in the prison that day. It absolutely changed my life. He said, I realized that day that the choices, the freedom that I had to choose was leading me down a path that I did not want to go. Consequences that I did not want to have. 
He said, that day I committed to changing and transforming and adjusting the direction of my life. And he said, today I am headed toward more and greater success. He said, today I can honestly say I can be a hero to my wife and to my children. He said, you transformed my life because I decided that with the freedom of choice, I was going to choose a different path. And the consequences have been completely different ever since. Cameron Taylor illustrated in such a powerful way what it means to use the power of choice in a way that honors our life and honors God. So every day, we have choices to make. We have choices of what to do, what not to do. We have choices of how to respond, whether or not to respond, and if we're going to respond, what it's going to look like. For example, you guys have been seeing what's been happening in our world, in our country, in our state, in our community. We've been divided over racism. We've been divided over whether or not we should go to school in person or virtually. Whether or not we should wear masks or not wear masks. Everybody has a really strong opinion. In fact, that's an understatement, isn't it? That that we have strong opinions about it. I have a strong opinion about it too, by the way. We all have our opinions. We all have our strong feelings about these things one way or the other. But here's what I have seen. We have the freedom of what to do with all these issues. We have the freedom of how we're going to respond. And and to be honest, I have seen some people use this freedom, the ability to choose how they're going to respond. I've seen some people use this freedom for incredible good. I've had so many good conversations with people. But you guys know, on the other side of the coin, I have also seen a lot of people using this freedom to choose how to respond for great evil. For example, let me get really practical. Those of you that live in Wanakee, and if you live around this area, my guess is maybe your community has been dealing with some of this as well. But in Wanakee, we've been dealing with this issue. The school district has made the decision for many of our students, for most of our students, to be virtual, at least for the first several months. And there are going to be a few students, at least at this point, that are going to be in person. And let me tell you, we all have an opinion about it. Some of us love it. Some of us hate it. Most of us, we just don't know. But what I have seen is a lot of us have been frustrated about it. Because it's messing our work schedule up. It's messing up our childcare. It's messing up how our children are going to learn. It's going to mess up our schedule. It's going to, you know, it messes everything up. And let me just say this. This is a no-win situation. And so I want to offer a suggestion. I want to encourage you in something to maybe try something a little bit different. So over the next several weeks, we're getting ready to kick school off. A lot of communities have already kicked school off. But we're getting ready to in just a few days. So in the next few days, my guess is you're going to have a lot of conversations. You're going to be putting things out on social media. You're going to be getting your kids ready to engage either online or in person. They're going to be wearing masks or they're not going to be wearing masks, you know, if they're virtual online, but they're going to be on screens and they're going to have to figure out a new platform and a new system and a new way to learn. They're going to have new teachers. They're going to have new supplies. We're going to have to figure out how to balance work life with school life and how to do this. Maybe if you have to go into work, how are my kids going to learn and how are they going to do that? Some of you have created pods. In the next few days, 
my guess is there's going to be a huge amount of frustration. Laura and I have already felt that ourselves. Let me encourage you with something. When you get frustrated, when you get upset about the fact that your child, your student is learning online and you'd rather have them in person or, or playing sports or doing these other things, or when you're sending your child, if they're younger, if they're going to school in person, they have to wear a mask and they have to do all these things and you have to do the health checklist. When you find all that frustration, take that frustration, take that energy, take that mental focus, take those feelings and I want you to turn them around and use them instead to reach out to someone. In this case, it would be really relevant to reach out to a teacher to a school official, to an administrator, to a custodian. They are all feeling the pressure the same way you and I all are. They're doing the best they can in a situation that they did not ask for, that I didn't ask for, that you didn't ask for. None of us asked for this. None of us would choose it. And so let me encourage you to do this. Take that energy when you feel upset, when you feel frustrated, when you want to just vent on social media, I've seen a lot of that lately. When you want to do that, instead do this. Make a phone call to a teacher. Send a text to one of your administrators in the school system. Send a note, send an email to a custodian and simply thank them for doing what they do. Encourage them. Sure, admit that this is hard, that this is tough. But then thank them for what they're doing. Encourage them. Let them know that you're there, that you're willing to help, or that you're willing to, to, to think about them and understand that they are in a tough position just like we all are. In other words, use your freedom of choice to do good. I want to share with you what some powerful words, incredibly relevant and practical words, in the Bible, the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Now, I want you to just listen closely to what these words say. They are so powerful. It's the Apostle Paul writing. This is what he says. He says, you have been called to live in freedom. Did you hear that? You have been called. You've been created to live in freedom. My brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. You've heard that before, haven't you? But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. I can't think of more relevant words. We need more than ever in these days, my friends, to use our freedom of choice to do good, to choose to serve others, to choose to serve God, to submit and understand God's ways in our life. How are you using your freedom of choice? 
God gave us the ability to choose. In fact, he knew when he gave us the ability to choose that we were going to choose. He knew when he gave it to Adam and Eve, he knew that they were going to sin. But he knew he had to give them the choice because they had to have that freedom of whether or not to follow God. But then in the the problem came sin. And so God solved that problem too. Many of us know this. God gave us Jesus as the solution to the freedom of choice, the paradox of choice problem. That sometimes when we have the freedom, we choose poorly. And so, in fact, Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says this. Listen to what it says. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, everyone who calls on Jesus, everyone who believes in Jesus and calls on Him will be saved. Forgiveness is offered. The choice is yours. Have you chosen Jesus? Have you chosen with your freedom to do good, to accept good? How are you using your freedom of choice? Let's pray. God, I pray that you would help all of us to use the freedom that you've given to every one of us. The freedom to choose whether or not we're going to follow you. The freedom to choose whether or not we're going to choose good versus evil. The, The freedom of how to respond to the things in this life. God, you know we've been divided over racism. We've been divided over whether or not to wear masks. We've been divided over whether or not we should go to school in person or virtually or some hybrid model or something in between that. We've been divided. We've been shouting. We've been doing, there's been a lot of hatred that we've been spewing toward each other, at each other, on each other. God, I pray for two things today. One, that you would help us to use our freedom for good. The freedom that you've called us to, that we would use it, that we'd choose to use it for good rather than evil. And second, if there's anyone who has yet to choose to follow you, Jesus, to give their life to you, I pray that today, would be their day that they say to you, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the choices that I've made. Save me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I accept you today. I commit my life to you today. Help us, God, to use the freedom that you've given to us. For great good. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. I love you. And God loves you.